What is real? What is not real? And what is only acceptably real? Time is a social institution and not a physical reality. They asked Galileo, where is heaven? And Galileo looked, and he looked. And we're still looking. And we see no heaven out there. And so science forces us to push back the boundaries of what we know, where we are in the scheme of things. If you look at how many other worlds there are, how many stars in the Milky Way galaxy, how likely it is that most of them not, likely not, most of them have planets, how many other galaxies there are, it seems the height of human arrogance to imagine that this planet is the only inhabited world. There's no equation out there that can give meaning to your life. You have to find meaning for yourself. The way I look at it is, it is the knowledge that I'm going to die that creates the focus that I bring to being alive. Well, hey, Joe. How you doing? Hi, Jerry. What's up? Well, you know, you and I went and saw that uh, Arrival, that movie about the aliens, right before you moved. Yeah, it's and, true. And uh, we were going to discuss that, or at least discuss aliens. I, now, that, now that that movie has kind of like settled, I was wondering about what you thought about that whole thing. And I'm wondering, I wonder if we say spoiler alerts. We should just say spoiler. I, I would, well... You know, if you haven't seen this movie yet, I highly recommend you watch it. But we're going to be talking about, and really... Everything. Every, everything. We're talking about everything about the movie. And so, if you don't want to listen to this show because, you know, you haven't had your fill of arrival yet, please, you know, stop right now. Don't listen. <laughs> I'm warning you. Go rent it because I don't think it's in theaters anymore. No, go rent it. Go download it. Go torrent it. I mean, you know. <laughs> do what you gotta do. Watch it. Come back and listen. You know, after we watched this movie, my my mind was blown a little bit. I, was I know. Really... We were all we were all we were both sitting there, kind of looking at each other, like, "Wow." <laughs> yeah. You know, the timeline. Everything was a little bit confusing. But back to this whole main concept of you know, when aliens first make contact, when they first arrive. Super big thing to think about, and that movie definitely um, gave me a lot of things to think about. All right, so if aliens haven't already been here, which we both kind of suspect they already have, yes, that's true. If they exist, which I strongly suspect they do, yes, do you really think the governments would try to keep it secret? Oh, totally. I totally think they would. You think they would? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, reasoning being, you know, I think a lot of people wouldn't be able to handle it mentally. I think, uh, you know, not you know, not to bash anyone's religion or anything like that, not to talk down about anything, but I feel like a lot of people, you know, are set to believe a certain belief system. Mm-hmm. And that anything that comes down kind of contradicts that belief system, it's going to drive some people a little bonkers. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not why, but 
Um, I think that's, you know, a, a good reason why they would try to keep it secret. Not I think they don't want people, you know, worship, like going crazy, worshiping them, maybe harming them, you know, that kind of thing. The only reason I could see, because I, I, you know, well, for one thing, I have to just realize that I'm not an expert on the subject. But to me, I don't think the government could actually keep something like this a secret. No. I don't think they're good enough at keeping secrets. <laughs> you know? Really? Okay, I, that's interesting. I, um, I, I, I think every time they try to keep a conspiracy secret, it's come out. And so this the rationale, though, to me, is if aliens came and they made contact, you have to wonder if they even know who to make contact with. Right. They would just say, take me to a leader. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so, so say they just abs- absently or just – they just land somewhere. They don't know. They don't know anything about our borders or anything like that. And they right. make contact. And here's obviously this advanced civilization with advanced technology. I could see a government saying, Oh, deal with us exclusively because that government would want the advantage of having, having a, a, a spacefaring ally. Alliance. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I agree. And it's sort of like the movie, you know, um, each kind of, government had a communication with the, the, the ship yeah um and each of them were kind of at, at one point they were each trying to cut off or cutting off contact with each of the other uh, countries right yeah yeah and so, and so that's a really a powerful thing to say is um when an alien civilization makes contact with us um humans would undoubtedly turn against each other for power because that's a definitely a thing that all the governments are after is more power right mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting and and, 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 and and knowledge is definitely power and so yes. if if you're the only one who has the actually you know what I, I wrote a i wrote a book about this hell a long time ago it almost got published i mean it was in dawes hands they mm-hmm. were interested in it we were starting to talk about publishing it, and then, and then the Berlin Wall came down and invalidated the entire story, and they sent it back to me. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> the worst possible thing. Yeah. Well, maybe it's so, a good thing. So, know. what was the good, best thing for uh, for the world? Killed my killed my early novel writing. Career. Damn you, peace. Damn you. <laughs> Damn you. Yeah. But unfortunately, and uh, for everybody, the whole thing's coming full circle again. And the darn thing, I, I could go back and update it and it would work again in today's climate. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Sure. But another thing that, that, that I, I'm wondering if, if um, and I know you and I talked about this before. Given the um, sheer amount of space and distance they'd have to travel, I, unless they somehow have faster-than-light travel, which as far as sure. we know is impossible, it would seem like they would send basically robots to us. Sure. Yeah, like drones and whatnot. And, the type. But, but they don't necessarily would have to be mechanical robots. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They could be biological creations made specifically to handle space flight and the kind of environment it would have to go to and and be tailored maybe on the way or after arrival to interact with the planet that it arrives at which would explain a whole a whole bunch of the lore of contact and like the Whitley Stryber, you know, abduction stuff. Sure. Because, you yeah. know, if you listen to Art Bell and things like that, there everybody's talking about, oh, well, there's alien-human hybrids going on and all these kind of experiments. I'm, my, I would say that the civilization that sent that stuff out, my theory would be, they're not putting their people in these spaceships. They're sending out spaceships that, once they get here, can create people. Or can create people. They could, they could create... You know, through they would just like ha- have an artificial womb type thing, and all the DNA is stored in in computer memory, and it would just create beings that it would then send down to interact with us. That's basically biological drones. There, th- so what we would be seeing wouldn't necessarily be the actual alien race; it would be their creations that they send out into space that are more or less just the tools of this civilization. Sure. That's almost a very human way to look at it, though, Jerry. It is a very, I mean, you know, who knows that if we're dealing with something very alien, it would be almost impossible for us to to imagine what it would be. Right. That's but, very... Uh... Very interesting. Uh, a whole alien race would build like kind of a cloning lab in space to send people down or aliens down to communicate with us. I mean, that's a con. That is definitely a concept that we've had. Um, I forgot the name of it, but that is uh, that's actually that's a concept that's been around for at least fifty years in in uh, theoretical science and and in science fiction. I. I um, you send instead of sending um, uh, a probe to another planet to colonize it, you send what would be basically a seed, a technological seed to that planet that would be able to land, reproduce robots, which would be able to then build other robots sure. and uh, so on and so forth, which would then ultimately be able to build a little uh, a nest basically that would create humans that would then populate the planet, right? You know, just from from DNA sequencing, and and then it could turn around and after it's populated that planet, it could build more s- ships that it would then send out to the next one, and and that way, just well without even faster than light travel, just slowly but surely colonize the whole galaxy, every single planet that's out there that could sustain life and in fact it wouldn't even be it wouldn't even be um, um, you you wouldn't even have to have a planet that was earth-like you would just have to have a planet that could be made earth-like and these robotic um, probes would be able to you know replicate and and build things that would allow it to terraform the planet before even putting the people on it you know sure Long term, that's a long, definitely yeah, a long yeah, term but I mean, goal. But really, I mean, all you'd have to do is build the seed and send it out there, 
and then or, or build a whole multitude of them and, and 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 send them out there and whichever one survives would replicate and to me that that makes the most sense if you're going to try to populate the the galaxy with humans beyond you know <laughs> because i i don't i don't really don't think we're ever going to get to the point where we're going to be able to put a thousand people in a spaceship like that new uh, movie that's out passengers yeah and, and freeze them and then send them off in a on a hundred really? or a thousand year voyage I don't. Th- I don't think so. We've got too many sh- bullshit things here on Earth that we can't even solve. There, I don't think we're ever going to get to that point. And it's not. It's not because we are incapable. I just don't think that we're ever going to put those kind of resources behind it, because we're not grown up enough to do that. There's too many. We're too busy squabbling with each other over religion and things like that to ever focus on something like this. That's a good point, though. Do you think that if aliens did come down and make contact with us, that uh, we would set all that aside? I don't think we would. I think it would just, it would make it worse. Okay. You'd you'd have a group of people who would go, oh, aliens, oh, we're going to worship you instead. And then have have the other factions go, no, they're demons. You must kill them all. It Mm -hmm. would just, it would be like throwing a match into a puddle of gasoline. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this after we saw the movie as well. That when aliens, Joe, uh, you're you're skyping out really bad. Um, so where were we? Um, I was talking about sending probes uh, out. Sure, we were talking about first contact. Well, I can tell you that um, in Star Trek, they had a strict policy of not, um, if they make first contract, contract, they make first contact in Star Trek, they would only do it after the civilization has achieved starflight. They didn't want to, what is it, the prime directive was to not interfere with the natural development of a, a civilization until it reached a certain point. And then later on in the movies, they, they actually enforced that by showing our first contact was actually with Vulcans who were, who also had a kind of a prime directive where they were waiting until humans made, were able to, were able to do faster than light travel. And then mm-hmm. they made contact with us. Otherwise they were hands off. Um, but, but then if you go and you watch certain, uh, what was it? Uh, Star Trek, um, it, it was the, the retro one where they have, it was, I think it was just called Star Trek Enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah. yeah. And they actually showed that Vulcans did come down and it, it, I don't remember it had anything to do with Roswell, but there was a whole first contact thing where they were marooned on earth and had to assume, jobs and roles and hide their ears and everything like that until they were rescued. (laughs) And it was actually one of the better episodes. I haven't watched all of them through yet. I actually, I actually started watching on Netflix, all the star Treks, but I was going to do it sequentially through the order in which not that they aired, but 
the timeline in okay. in the story, and so I was watching through the that whole series that I hadn't watched yet. Cool. I'm I'm wondering how that would play into the reality. It's because I mean, really, if I mean, just me, my expectations of the world. If aliens suddenly made contact with us, I don't think anybody would be able to hide it, for one thing. Really? I think it would be wide open. I think everybody would know about it. I think the majority of people would still not believe it's happening. (laughs) You think that it would happen, um, for example, like an alien ship came in contact with... well, there are people who don't believe that the moon landing happened. Yeah, that's true. Because I was so, I, there could be a, a, a ship that lands in Utah today or tomorrow. And I, I, I would expect half the world would think it was all CGI and a great big hoax. Hmm. And the other half would get hysterical. And then there would be, and, and show up, you know, with, you know, putting tattoos on and, and you know, T-shirts and, and taking selfies with the ship and <laughs> you know it's just... right yeah it'd be kind of yeah it'd be kind of crazy definitely and and um, i also happen to think that we would somehow inadvertently kill them germs i mean i'm sure they would be prepared for like germs bacteria i'm sure that earth isn't the only planet with that kind of thing really oh i know there's I I do know that there are two different uh, schools of thought as far as biology goes. Um, one school of thought is that we would actually, you know, us going to another planet or another planet coming here, they, you know, neither of us would have any resistance to any germ that either one brought. Right. And so it's going to be extremely dangerous. And that is actually the way we are handling it right now with NASA. Because, I mean, if we ever go to Mars, even when we went to the moon, when they came back, they were isolated, you know, Hmm. just in case they brought moon germs home. Well, just like the uh, European colonials when they, you know, came to America. Exactly. They affected all the Indians, you know. (laughs) Yeah, but you see, all, all those germs came from here though they're you know right. they're, they're made from our dna so we don't even know if life somewhere else has dna it, or, or if even if it's based on the same amino acids or anything sure but the other school of, of thought is that the alien biology is going to be so different that the germs have would have wouldn't even be interested in us uh, they would enough. look at us like you know. I'm not going to an, like a like a, a rock wouldn't catch a common cold. <laughs> the cold wouldn't sure. be able to you know infect the rock, and it it's so there, there's two very distinct schools of thought there. Hmm. I'm hoping the latter, because also there's I and and I don't have all the details unfortunately, but there's left-handed life and theoretically right-handed life. Okay. Explain that a little bit, because I'm not even sure. It, it, I'd, I'd have to look it up to give you a very uh, an intelligent. Uh, this is just something I got from watching science sure. programs. but And I don't remember if we're right or left-handed, but it's just the way the molecules just happen to fit together. And theoretically, they would work in either direction. 
but one wouldn't be compatible with the other one. They could coexist, but sure. but like germs or anything that all developed from right-handed life would not be able to do anything theoretically or or be a be able to benefit from or be a threat to the other side. Hmm. Good point. And yeah. and that being said, I could swear, and I'm going to have to like do a Google search on it. I think I did read somewhere where they found deep in the ocean next to a um like a volcanic vent. Uh-huh. Life that was based on the other side, it was so alien, it didn't even look like it belonged here. Because, you know, they, there are creatures that live right next to these vents in pressures that would kill us instantly, in temperatures that would boil us, you know, to death in, in seconds. And there's life living there. Yeah, that, I think that's insane. And, you know... To go with that in Russia, uh, the Russian scientists were uh, getting into this deep. And I mean, this may be the same thing you were talking about, so forgive me if it is. But they, they found this frozen lake, and we're at the very bottom of it. They had uh, found these small bacteria and living creatures that weren't supposed to exist. And so that's exactly the same kind of thing. Um, you know, humans know what we know, and we think of life as it pertains, I don't, forgive me if this doesn't make sense, but we think of life as, as us. We think of life as mm-hmm. everything we know, right? Yeah, yeah. There are different forms. I mean, I'm sure there are different forms of it elsewhere. You know, we only have so many senses as well. Right. And if we had all these other senses, like, um, the seat, I don't know, it's probably not making any sense, but, um, there's probably so much more we can see in, you know, in other dimension and, you know, maybe we could see interdimensional beings if we had these other senses, but we just don't because we are limited to what we are. We don't, yeah, we don't even know if there's, I mean, <laughs> we could be like flatland compared right. to other creatures. Um, I feel and, like it's, you know, looking at a cockroach, if you're a man looking at a cockroach, you're not going to explain yourself to a cockroach. You're not going to like, you know, and I feel like it would be the same thing for an alien species who comes down to earth. I know. It's, it's it's like I, I every spring I get this this um, epiphany when I go out and take pictures of birds and stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. I love nature and I love going out and taking, you know, um, uh, pictures of birds and squirrels and stuff. And I and I realize every time they don't know what country they're in, right. they don't know who the president is, they don't care how much milk costs in the store, they don't have to buy gas. They don't have a job, and yet they're perfectly fine. And what would the hell would they think if we tried to explain it to them somehow? They would think we're insane. <laughs> so imagine. I, just don't think, I don't think they would care. They would be like, whatever, dude. Well, I mean, it's just like they, I, 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 can, I can imagine a bird, if a bird had a human intelligence suddenly for some reason, and we tried to explain society to them, and they'd be like, Why? Why are you doing all this? And I'm I'm kind of wondering if that's going to be the 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 jump in concept between our civilization and some super advanced civilization. We were probably, yeah. we maybe we're going to look at them and go, wait a minute. <laughs> They've got all these. We- imagine how many weird rules <laughs> and stuff that they have that we would look at and go, I don't get it. 
Yeah. You know, maybe yeah, they have this whole thing where, you know, they section off cubits of air and you're only allowed four cubits of air in each, each nostril. And maybe they have like seven <laughs> nostrils and, and, and that's, that's a, you know, a rule and a protocol, you know, and they want to know how many cubits of air that we put in our nostrils. And we're like, like dudes, we what the that fuck day. are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, all the air. All the air belongs to us. I know. And they're like, how can you think that all the air belongs to you? Don't <laughs> worry about manifest destiny, bitches. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so... Can you can only imagine what kind of convoluted, strange sure. things that they have in their system that we would not even comprehend nor want to. Right. And, and you know, it's funny because in science fiction, I don't ever see that addressed, ever. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, but what do you think about all these people who say, who claim that they are abducted by by aliens I've, these real people living next to you next door could be your next door neighbor bob he says hey jim hey jerry hey joe hey i was abducted really i was really abducted by a ufo and they put something in my butthole and, <laughs> and, and how many cubits were allowed in that butthole <laughs> exactly you know and it's something um maybe I, that's how they say hello <laughs> I don't know. But, you, okay, realistically, it's absolutely yeah. possible. I, I don't even think it's improbable. I, I, I don't even think it's unlikely. It's just yeah. hard to imagine. Um, no, actually, it's very easy to imagine. It's hard to take seriously. Sure. However, if you're that advanced that you can come down undetected, and and pluck someone up and exa- exa- examine them. That's that's to- I, I I believe that is absolutely possible. It happened, and that means the government allows it to happen, or, or they have no control over it, and they want to hide the fact that they have no control over it. True. All right, All right. I have another question, Gary. So, and moving like. Dear listener, we're going to pause for a moment to allow space for a sponsor message, which may or may not show up depending on some mysterious algorithm. We'll be right back. Hey, Jerry here. As some of you may have guessed, part of my day job involves setting up and maintaining websites. Recently, I had a project where I needed to convert an older website to WordPress, and part of the challenge was choosing the perfect website hosting service. I did a lot of research, and I finally chose DreamHost. Not only is DreamHost widely recognized, but they're the number one recommended hosting service by WordPress themselves. And WordPress has their own web hosting service, but they still wholeheartedly endorse DreamHost. Well, since then, I discovered I like DreamHost so much that I moved all my personal websites to DreamHost, including the blog for this podcast. And it is my great pleasure to have DreamHost be an affiliate sponsor to this show. And we can offer you, our listeners, $50 off if you sign up using our link. Now, we chose them. They didn't choose us. We wanted them specifically as a sponsor. So, if you are wanting to set up a website or a blog, 
and especially if you want to use WordPress, the easiest and most trusted content management system out there, just go to acceptablyreal.com slash dreamhost and sign up. Once again, if you use our link, you'll end up with $50 off and you'll be helping our show. Remember that link, acceptablyreal.com slash dreamhost and get your website up and running today. Okay, the space for a sponsor message has passed. And with that, we return to the show. Like, let's say like Independence Day, right? And you have a bunch of aliens coming down and they want to attack. They need our resources. Do you think that our technology could even harm these these creatures if they had I, such advanced technology? I, I would find it hard to believe that they could shield themselves against atomic weaponry. Okay. But I also happen to think that it's really hard to believe that they would want anything from us, that that we would have anything that they would need so badly they would come down and invade. Sure. I the think the, I the was... only thing that they would want is mm-hmm. real estate. They wouldn't want our ocean water. There's plenty of water in space. They wouldn't want our energy. There's more energy in space. Sure. I mean, all these movies that say, hey, we're coming down. You, actually, here, the most realistic alien invasion movie ever made is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Why do you say that? Because that is the most plausible. It makes the most sense. It makes more sense to invade that way okay. than to come down and brute force attack. Because sure. I can't believe some massive alien civilization that had all this power would would come down with and 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 be all bitch slapping us when all they'd have to do is you know pick up a couple samples here and there figure something out and and drop stuff down and poison us all and we're all dead and they land and bury us in holes and take over it would be so easy. It would be so easy for them to no, wipe for us them out. They can. Good for them if they can. That's what I say. But I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's the the an alien invasion scenario. Sure. Only that's makes, what you would think. I mean, yeah. it, no, I it mean, would it, it would it would take so much less resources. It would mm-hmm. be so. It would it would leave our resources intact. They would just simply. We wouldn't even know it was happening. We would sure. suddenly have this worldwide epidemic and we'd all die off and they would only probably pick us. It wouldn't affect the other animals. Mm-hmm. And then they would just bland and take over. It, it, that's the only way it makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think an alien species who travels light years and light years away to visit some little blue dot in the solar system of our solar system you know, really is, is it past war? I, I feel like these futuristic civilizations, aliens have, are all beyond that concept, right? That's a very caveman-y we, concept, I think. Yeah, you'd think, but also, I mean, they would be so much more powerful. What, Why would they, they even need if, to try? If they, if they really, I mean, if, if planets like ours are so rare and I mean, that's the only reason I could think that an alien civilization would want to invade is mm-hmm. because, what was it? Was it in X-Files where they discovered that we were being terraformed 
by an alien civilization, and that's why our greenhouse gases were, we our our society sure. was being manipulated to the point we were making the planet more hospitable for the aliens that were going to come down and take over. Totally. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, <laughs> real estate is the only reason that we would mm-hmm. be invaded. But, I mean, I've seen so many dumb movies where they want to come down and suck up our water. Right. Because water is so rare. No, water is not rare. Water is abundant throughout the whole galaxy. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh. You don't even have to go into a gravity well. It takes so much power to go down and come up out of a gravity well that if they wanted that substance, they could just collect it in space. Thousands of times easier without expending any energy, or at least not right. as much. Mm-hmm. You know, something something to think about is that something rare to us in the solar system, for example, you know, this planet, right? Uh-huh. There aren't that many planets like that we know of in our observable universe. They're, they're getting handfuls every day that they're discovering, right? Well, but they- in the grand scheme of things... Alien civilization, they might have a way bigger picture. They, their observable universe might be so much bigger than our observable universe. And Well, and also they've discovered – I just read this last year. I, I wrote an article about it. Um, they discovered that half the, half the stars are uh-huh. not in actually galaxies. They're not in galaxies. What? There's stars in between galaxies, like rogue <laughs> stars. All over the place. And as far as we know, there could be rogue planets all over the space. There's no way to ever see them. You know, you can't see something that's not emitting any energy. So there could be so much more out there that we we could. but, But even the fact that half the stars that exist are not in galaxies. They're spread between the galaxies has doubled the size of the the uh, the possible habitable planets out there because all our earlier estimates were based on the estimates of stars that are in galaxies. Man, I'm, that's an insane thought to think about, right? I mean, it's, we know so little. We know so little we, about everything. I know, but what, what is amazing is how much we actually know. If mm. you consider the size of the universe... And that we're these extremely small things that are smaller than bits, you know, existing on things that are smaller than bits. And yet we comprehend the whole thing. That in itself is amazing. Mm -hmm. We could look up at the sky and we could figure a lot of this stuff out. Even though we're really only scratching the surface, I just think it's amazing that, that the idea of the whole universe actually fits in our heads. Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting to think about. Well, I'm. I'm I want to talk. Go ahead. Well, okay. So, you know, during World War II, when we were testing all this atomic weaponry, you mm-hmm. spoke about atomic nuclear weaponry earlier. Um, that kind of seemed to be the height of all these UFO sightings. Yeah. Um, and I think that you and I had this discussion before that. I had always kind of perceived UFOs and alien civilization to kind of be like the galaxy police kind of make sure, Hey, Hey, you guys doing okay down there? You guys are doing a lot of shit to your planet, but you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. 
when they were testing our atomic weaponry. Oh, yeah. I, it does I, seem to be a nice correlation there, though. I would, I would so hope that's the way it is. Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we do need some cosmic parents out there, cosmic mm-hmm. step-parents. <laughs> to, to, to it's okay, like, little earthlings. To kind of come in and nudge us this way or that way and, you know, and try to nurture us. But yeah. I find it hard to believe that they're there doing that, you know. Mm. I hope they are. But, I mean, yeah. I also hope there's a... I, I also hope there's a, some sort of cosmic spirit that is there for us, you know. I mm. mean, and and I don't, don't want to I don't want to wander into religion, but sure. I, I think we've discussed how I I do believe that the universe itself is is a sentient thing. Mm-hmm. That's and, a good way to think about it, I think. And and I'm and I'm hoping it's. I don't know. We could that could be a whole other episode because I'd love to talk about panpsychology or pan pan panpsychism. Panpsych. I'm a stout believer in panpsychism, and panpsychism mm-hmm. is the doctrine that mind is a fundamental nature or feature of the world which exists throughout the universe. And there's a there, I mean, there's a lot of scientists who believe this and a lot of scientists who don't. But, I mean, really, to me, you just look at the evidence and it's, and it's there. Uh-huh. That, you know, just okay. like love doesn't exist in our hearts, mm-hmm. our heart is a blood pump. I, I don't believe the thing that we call our, our you and me, the, the, the actual conscious part of us, doesn't mm-hmm. actually reside in the brain. The brain is nothing more than a, a a processor for our our senses and mm-hmm. a memory system. But I don't think that it's the seat of consciousness itself. I think matter itself is conscious. And there's all sorts of evidence that would support that and it and it all comes down to the um the fact that light or, or elemental particles can tell whether or not you're looking at them. They'll behave differently if you're perceiving them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a whole different that's a whole different podcast. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, that, it seems like there's a lot to talk about with that, definitely. But I mean, that kind of that falls into this too. But I mean, you know, if we are part of the universe. I mean, because there's nothing separating us from the universe. We are part of the universe, and we are conscious, and we're the smallest little things that you could think of, and we're we're conscious of the whole. You'd have to think that the universe itself is conscious. Well, even even if it isn't, it is mm-hmm. because we're part of it. You know, we're part. Of, we're not made of anything different than the rest of the universe is made out of, and we're conscious, and we perceive the universe. Since we're part of the universe, then the universe itself is perceiving just by the fact that we are. Mm -hmm. And that's like, yeah, I've always thought that about the planet Earth too, right? We are a part of the planet. We are, we are Earth. That's the Gaia theory that the Earth itself is is one big organism. That's what I think, man. Yeah, I'm totally there too. But so. So maybe there's, uh, yeah, no, actually, I would say there is definitely other planets out there 
that are like Earth, that are an ecosystem, that are in fact a living thing with a bunch of little parts. Sure. Just like the Earth is a living thing and we're like cells in that living mm-hmm. thing. Just like we have cells that are living, that are, that are and on and on and on, all the way down to the atoms and all the way up to galaxies and super clusters and yes that the thing of it is though and you have, have to have think a thing. well i'm going to bring this back to the aliens you'd have to think that they know this too and in fact have a greater knowledge of it mm. and so then would have a perspective that is even larger than ours so their their existentialist existentialist crisis was eons ago and we're barely just discovering ours right now yeah what's going on yeah. Oh, okay well what so is going to happen what is going to happen to our civilization when we venture out and we discover other planets that have life on it and some of it might be intelligent just like we we know there's other intelligent life on on earth if you just even look at the doc, the the, the octopus which mm-hmm. is extremely intelligent, and the, the dolphins and the whales, if they had arms and legs and fingers, we'd be in trouble. Sure. Actually, or, or if octopuses could come out of the water, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> if they yeah. had a society, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> we got to think about it from our perspective and what happens when we overpopulate the Earth and the Earth is dying. And we do need to take big spaceships, as we spoke about earlier, if that does happen to be the case, to the nearest Earth-like blue planet. We do find that there are these lower, I don't want to say lower forms, but they are animals such as that. And now we're the invaders. We are the invaders because of our resource needs, because we're still too dumb to gather water from outer space or to heal ourselves as the planet. Well, I will tell you this. um, It would be easier... It would be easier to make Mars habitable than it would for us to get a bunch of people to the nearest star system. Mm. It would take less time and less energy to actually change another planet than to get to another star because the stars are so far away. Yeah. Unless we, you know, come up with some science Gosh, magical sure. way to do it, like a portal or something. I, w- I would think that we develop some type of engine um, that, you know, it, before we come up with portal technology, definitely come up with a, a engine technology that it's sort of like light speed in a sense. And I know that scientists currently have already actually kind of developed this sort of kind of tiny thing to say that's sort of plausible, actually. Well, actually, this what I find is more fascinating because they've come out with ways, you know, theoretically to make warp engines, right? Yes. But then you have this huge problem of when you're starting to go faster and faster, space is not empty. And Mm. the faster you go, the more dangerous it is because the smaller, even smaller particles hitting you going that fast can destroy you. So then you have to find a way to clear a path. And then it just, it gets more and more complicated. But so, so that's possible. But you know what they're already doing in the lab right now? They're, they're already creating 
working um, wormholes. Not well, not wormholes as much as they are teleporters. They're teleporting small what? things. That's been happening I, for a I, while. I need to read this stuff, man. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's at a subatomic level, but they're teleporting subatomic particles now. It it really looks like teleportation is going to be more feasible in the short term than 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 faster wow. than light travel for something as big as a starship that's awesome so it could it could be that we're going to teleport to places instead of i don't know but but that also that that brings to my mind you know if so if aliens are are coming here and looking at us they're probably teleporting here Mm. instead of flying all the way in a spaceship and then when you look at it that way, then you start thinking, okay, what is what is the reality matrix of the universe anyway? And what are they doing to get through this reality and, and you know, circumvent things like having to travel large distances by just pushing, pushing two parts of the universe together to connect them and create a little wormhole and then stepping through it? That's actually more plausible than getting in a spaceship and flying here. Wow. And and that could have been happening for eons already. Maybe that's the ancient astronaut thing going on. Totally. I love that stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, ancient aliens helping out, you know, older cavemen and all that kind of thing. It's great. Well, it's it's like I... I, And I, I know this is bordering on hokey science, but I used to... when. I used to love reading those books where they would say, you know, here's here's a an ancient artifact that we found, you know, in Egypt and it depicts a a jet airplane, you know, mm-hmm. and descriptions of all this, you know, uh, things that look like spaceships and astronauts with helmets and things like that. I'm to me that doesn't necessarily mean aliens, that could right. also mean time travel is possible. Or it could be, you know, that you sometime in the 300 years from now, we sent a ship out and it went too close to some singularity and got whipped back in time and <laughs> came back t- too early. Sure. This is awesome stuff to think about, though. Uh, well, really. And here's this. This also brings it back to, and this is the spoiler alert for our, our folks that might be still wanting to go see uh, arrival, um, time travel, or just time itself, is it's completely possible that what we think of as time is just a biological thing that it, that's locked in our perception. Our perception is t- of time is an arrow that goes you know in one direction. Sure. We're, we're in fact time. Everything at once, baby. Everything at once. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, there's, you know, in, in physics, there is no real arrow of time because the math works in both directions. And so, and here's the spoiler. Uh, when we learn the language of these aliens in Arrival, it rewires our brain, which is what happens when you learn a new language in reality and enable them to be able to to reverse cause and effect. And so future events started affecting past events. 
which is how how the whole thing played out. I, I think we go too much into that. We'll totally spoil the movie, but yeah, the gist of it was that's what happened. That's what saved the day. That's what saved the day. It was the fact that learning the new language enabled us to think in a new way, <laughs> which averted the crisis. And that's that's kind of spoilery, but. I think you'll. I think someone no, seeing the movie will still, you know, have to piece it together. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was brilliant. But I, man, I never expected that. And it, and yeah. they gave us all the clues right up front. They gave us. They laid it all out for us. There was no. They, they didn't did. hide. In a, they didn't hide a thing. No, that was a. It was a really well done film. I, know. I thought. Um, I would I would go so far as to say that I like that movie better than I like that movie Contact or Inception because of this movie after I came out of the theater you know my mind was gone I, I know I, I see you like, look dazed <laughs> Yeah you, you look totally in dazed way, in a good way though Yeah yeah you know? I, 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 didn't, I I meant that and you were like lost in thought Yeah yeah he sometimes like presents you with these things that make you think like that. And that's one of my favorite things, you know, um, is to have some type of crisis with your mind because you don't fully understand something. You're trying to grasp it, you know, and that movie kind of presented a good challenge for my mind. I think it did to me too. And I think that's a good uh, uh, note to end this, this episode on. Yeah. So everybody, what are your thoughts about aliens, alien contact, it's a wide and open subject, and I'm pretty and, and abductions. This is something we could come back again and again and revisit, depending on feedback we get from our listeners. That would be great. I love you all. <laughs> I love you too. The end. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> it was what it was, man. Hey, thank you. Thank you for downloading and listening. This has been the episode number two of Acceptably Real. Make sure to check us out on Facebook and at acceptablyreal.com. And also, subscribe, please, on iTunes and or Play Store if you got an Android. If you're an alien, I don't know how to, I don't know how to help you. I just use your, use your blob device. <laughs>